0: Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities and, as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching Good afternoon. Welcome to Garage. I hope you are experiencing life in its fullness. Amen. We're continuing with a series Straightforward Financial Growth and today we are talking about investments. Just saving is not enough. Now, there are those who are not yet even in the saving category. So, (laughs) zero hope. But, if you started the disciplines and now you're doing some saving, we are here to tell you that the process is not yet over. We must learn how to invest. So these are the five principles we are talking about. One, acquire knowledge. Two, work hard and smart. Three, manage your money. Four, make wise investments and then live generously. The five words that we are using are believe, work, Manage, invest, and give. And this is the wealth cycle. Uh, You get it, and we dealt with that in detail. I hope people are acting on that. How many of us have been increasing our income streams? You're no longer allowing to have only one income stream, right? So you get it. And then what do you do next? You keep it. Now, if you've already started practicing the keeping it part, I want to congratulate you. Congratulations. You are making progress. Now, I know that video was a bit heartbreaking, but that's the truth. If you end at only keeping it, your money will be wiped out by inflation and other factors. So you have to go beyond keeping it and you start growing it. And like you heard from Chris's testimony, you grow it by making investments into business. So either you're going to be a business person who runs your own business, or you're going to invest in another business so that you keep growing your money.
1: All right?
0: So, so that's, that's, that's the, the part we are now dealing with. Uh,
1: Yeah, one day we'll get one of those
0: sophisticated whiteboards with wheels. Praise the Lord.
1: So I I, I drew for you
0: this thing, uh, I think, one of the sessions. We said you, you get income, okay, and you create
1: the first trap. The first trap is savings from your income.
0: A part of all that you earn is yours to keep. Minimum that you allowed, uh, that you can keep, minimum 10%. Otherwise, you're paying the landlord, you're paying the kiosk lady, you're paying, who else are you paying? Umeme, you're paying national water, you're paying the the headmaster, you're paying all those other people, but you're not paying yourself. You cannot grow wealthy if you're not paying yourself. No one ever got rich spending. That principle is not there in the Bible. That The more you spend, the wealthier you become. It's not there. You become wealthy by gathering, right? You stop money living your life. Some of us, our relationship with money is that it always says bye. Someone says, money, money talks. It always says bye to me. No, no. Uh, we are changing that. We are saying you are a money magnet. You attract money. All right? And by the way, some of these principles are there in the Bible. It's just that we, the way we read it, we, we don't want to admit what they are saying. Like when it says those who have More shall be given to them. And then you say, unfair! But you know, that's the reality. And so if you want more to be given to you, you need to join the group of those who have something. So you you save. And then what you do next? Next trap, you purchase assets. Those can be different types of assets. We went through that exercise. Uh, Some people got very encouraged. Some people got mild encouragement, others mild discouragement, and others uh, acute discouragement. Uh, So, the good thing though is you always have somewhere to start, right? So you create traps. Income, savings, assets. And then what do you force the assets to do? The assets must start producing this incredible thing called cash flow. The point of having assets is to create cash flow.
1: I know there are those who save for a rainy day. Why are you expecting a rainy day? Sorry. Apologies. I thought I was talking to people of faith. You see, if you
0: create, if you have enough assets producing sufficient cash flow, you never have to worry about a rainy day. Because when it comes, you'll be indoors. <laughs> Some people have got that wisdom, yeah? Others are still calculating. Where does it fall on the wisdom? What is that? Huh? Makes sense? So, assets that produce cash flow, which, of course, cash flow is automatically more what? More income. Pardon my handwriting. It's the gadgets thing. That's an E right there. More income. Uh, and, And then you repeat the cycle. Income, savings. The more income you make, the more money you're able to save and you're able to invest into assets which produce more more cash flow and you keep going. So you may start by just saving 10% and that's what you're investing and then it keeps going. You've got 15%, you've got 20, you've got 25, you've got 30, 35, 40, 45, 50%, 60, 70. Then you get to this stage. Remember the cash flow quadrant? Have you read the book, Cash Flow Quadrant? If you haven't, you need to read it. One of your responsibilities as an economic cooperative is to have knowledge about money. And no one else can do that homework for you. So that's one of the books you need to read. Cash flow, Rich Dad's Cash Flow Contract. So there is, uh, on the left-hand side, employment, small business, on the the other side, big business and, and and investment. So, Almost all of us, unless you inherited something radical from your parents, are going to start here. We are all going to start in the top left corner quadrant. The idea is to end up here, to be an investor. And my friend, when you get to a point where 70% of your income is coming from this
1: quadrant, you are a free man, you are a free woman. Otherwise, until then,
0: we we'll keep you alive to serve this ship. Row well and you will live. If you miss that message, just go on SoundCloud. Look for worship Harvest. all the summons are there. Right? So are we together now? We we, we understand where we are. <laughs>
1: all right, let's let's read, let's read.
0: Let's read the text. It says, uh, Matthew 25. This is a long text, but we will get through it. Uh-huh. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his lord's money. After a long time the lord of these servants came and settled accounts. So application. Uh, The talent... As used in the scripture, is
1: not a measure of skill. Hmm?
0: We have right here talent. <laughs> oh, I hadn't noticed uh, the pun. <laughs> so, even though talent is very skilled, and I think probably that's what the parents had in mind when they. Named him talent, right? I mean, after a few people listen to him singing, they go and get pregnant. And then they (laughs) name their children talent. I I also want my child to sing like that, dude. So, but the talent was not a measure of skill. The talent was a measure of currency. It was a currency. So, in other words, if they were writing this scripture right now in Kampala, what word would they use instead of talent? Shillings. Are we together? So the master didn't hand over. You you see, this story in the Bible has been abused. People keep thinking, my friend, you better use put to use your talent, otherwise put to use your talent to serve the Lord. Use your talent to serve the Lord. That's not that what this story is about. This story is about money. When they say they gave ten talents, that was money, not footballing, whatever. So that was a measure of currency. Secondly, we understand from this story that we are stewards and we are given different amounts of stewards. It says uh, they gave him according to his ability. Do you know how everyone wants to multiply someone else's money? Huh? Uh, uh. How many of you have been there and you're like, man, the day I have as much money as Robinson, I will also get into multiplication. <laughs> there is a reason when I have Sudir's money, there is a reason you have the amount you have at this stage. What's the reason? Ability. Have you ever thought about the fact that if they gave you five million dollars right now, your life would be destroyed some of us. For some people, no. But for some people, yes. Do you know how I tell? How we handle those one, two, two hundred thousand dollars that are donated to our NGOs that we run. And moreover, that's even an organization's money. But people get destroyed in the process. How about if it was yours? You wouldn't know what to do. But, maybe you have an idea what to do with 50 million. I'm hoping. So, do not wish to multiply what someone else has been given. Your role is to multiply what you have been given. So, we are stewards and we are given according to different amounts, according to our ability. The third point is, there is an expectation for multiplication. This is when all the saints say, "Ah, ah," instead of amen. The idea that God is expecting you to grow your net worth (laughs) as a kingdom responsibility, it's not even... I grow my wealth when I want on. No, there's an expectation.
1: Have you ever thought about that? Ah, I, want to,
0: I want to encourage us. Looks like we are feeling too challenged. What do we do? Where are the drinks? There is an expect. Did you see? There is an expectation. If you are a steward of God's resources, there is an expectation for increase. But the thing is, we shouldn't even be worrying about the expectation for increase. Why shouldn't we worry? We are already wired for increase. Yeah. In fact, when we are not increasing, it's when we are just really not paying attention to the principles but we're already wired for increase. That's how it is. God has wired you for increase. You have increased DNA within you. You have the capacity to multiply. That's why there's an expectation. Why would anyone have an expectation for you to increase when they've not put it in you? That's unfair, right? It's injustice. If you didn't create me for increase, why are you expecting increase? But we are wired and created for increase. And all those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we should be increasing. We read that verse, remember last week from 1 Thessalonians? That we should be, we should increase more and more. Double superlative. And then there is some accountability to be given. Are we now good? We've set the foundation for the text. Can we continue? Okay. The story continues. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents. Let's say, let's say, let's convert. And I don't know the exact conversions, but for purposes of just Kabozi, let's say a talent is, what? 10 million, a million? Hmm? 10 million, 10 million. Some people will say, ah, ah, ah. Okay, 10 million. So five talents would be 50 million. So the person who received 50 million shillings, by the time the the boss came back, he was presenting how much? A hundred ma. Like, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. What happened? And he said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His word said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Take note of those words. Good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. What qualifies you for more? Faithfulness at the level you're at. Every time I do this exercise, the other one of the rowing, yeah? people are like, ah, 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 ah. My budget is always outrunning my income. I cannot start saving. Mm. Let me tell you, that's the case for everyone. Because I'm going to be like, I only earn 300,000. Look, the person who earns 3 million is, is, is going through what you're going through. The person who earns 30 million is going through the same challenges. They all have more expenses than income. So it's about deciding. So I, I'll make you rule over. So he, he also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful. Some exact same words. In other words, you're not expected to be multiplying two into ten. It's not about the amount, it's about the principle. You see, the Lord didn't say to the one of five into ten, Well done, good and most faithful servant. Then this one, well done, good and slightly more faithful. You know, it's the same. And it's and the reward is the same. You have been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So these guys doubled their net worth. And faithfulness. Let's talk about faithfulness. Some people think that faithfulness is staying the course. My friend, staying the course is not faithfulness. Faithfulness is not me. I may, I stayed. I ran that shop faithfully for
1: fifteen years. <laughs> huh? Faithfulness is what? Increase.
0: Faithfulness is not being around, showing up every week, at every day at eight, and closing at eight. And you say, I was faithful. No. There is a certain element of faithfulness in that, but that's not faithfulness. Faithfulness is increase. It's growing what you have. Faithfulness at this level where you are is what qualifies you for the next level. And it seems like the master is very pleased with my application from the look of things. But now let's investigate the third fellow. Then he had received one talent. Came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you've not sown. Gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. I hid your money. Look, it is exactly the amount that you gave to me. When you did your net worth in uh, July 2017
1: and you redid it in July 2018, what had changed? Was it still the same? Okay.
0: Let me not go there. Uh-huh. But let's get back to the Bible. After all, we are looking at the Bible, not our lives. <laughs> there you have what is yours. Exactly what I got is what I still have. His Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You would be thinking, no way. Be understanding. The guy has said he was fearful. Don't we all fear to make investments? You might lose your money. Besides, all those other rich people want to take our money. That's why they keep putting up all these investment vehicles so that they take our money. They are hard taskmasters. Anyway, there was a bit of lack of understanding in this case. We we'll probably need to talk to a counselor. You knew that I reap, we have not sown, and gather we have not scattered. So you ought, at least at the very worst. You should have taken the money to the bank and
1: asked for an interest. Then what does he say in verse 28?
0: Take the 10 million from him and give it to the other guys. Give it to the guy of 100 million. Unfair! isn't it unfair but isn't isn't that what happens every day, every week the people who have the money and know how to multiply it keep getting the money even from those Bambi who earn their money and how do they go about it, they go buy gadgets from the shops that are owned by the people with a lot of money that's how they hand it over it's it's never usually a forceful handover They don't come to your home and say, your net worth is small, bring that money. Let's go give it to... Who here is a good investor? Your name. (laughs) No, it's usually handed over willingly. Buying gadgets that don't contribute to your income. And then when the, the kids play with them, then they fall, then you go and buy. More gadgets. Huh? Then you rent a house with two extra rooms you don't need and you pay a lot. Very, very, very smooth handover. Unforced. Buying a car and spending all that money on fuel in the traffic jam. And you think all those guys who use safe border are not clever? Hmm? You don't count in them wise. It's okay to drive a gazela, by the way. Just make sure that it's only 5% of your net worth. That's all that you need to do. Calculate your net worth? Uh, if the car is uh, if your net worth is a billion then you know you can buy a 50 million car if it's 5 billion you can buy a 250 million car if it is 80 million you can buy a 4 million shilling car that usually is going to take a lot of money in maintenance so you would rather there are all these Methods of moving around that are very convenient. You can use them in Jesus' name. (coughs) Are you with me? It's never a first handover. You just keep handing over your money. From fear, you keep it in the bank without investing. And what happens? The bankers are making money off your money. You're not fixing it. You're not getting any interest. So, he says, get it and hand it over. So, when we have an unfavorable view of the system, we don't want to multiply. Fear risks of risk prevents us from... By the way, risk is part of investment. I've invested with some people who came back and said, for them, they were not supposed to lose anything. I'm like dude eh? <laughs> if you, you are not supposed to lose how much research did you do into the project we all lose so your first investment had, had better not be all your money there is something called school fees in the school of investments please make sure you're paying what you can afford if you get all your life savings and throw them, there are people who got all their life savings and threw them into forex trading. But they didn't know how forex trading works. Anyway, so here are some may, I, a few, like six, but you know there could be more. How do you become a wise investor? One, you must study. But no, you must be a student of money and economics. Study, study, study. Do not just be there. Have you had have you had this this thing is the latest deal? Uh. <laughs> you give your money over to someone. Kisa, ah, do for me. Have you studied? Investors are students of money. Another challenge I've found investing with different people is that others, they want you to be down to do the study for them. Then, when it doesn't work, you're
1: the problem. I'm like, no, you brought your money willingly. Do what? No excuses. When you lose
0: your money, it's your fault. You lost it because there's information you didn't have. Study. By the way, maize is cheap right now. It has even caused a crisis. So I hope you're buying maize in large amounts. (laughs)
1: There are people who are looking at me. You think that maize is going to be on the market until next year?
0: Ah, And then some people are going to go buy maize. And they will say, Moses said, buy maize. (laughs) I'm
1: just saying, if the stuff is going for 200 shillings, it's an opportunity. Go do your own studies. Figure out, you know, after you watch the maize chain in
0: Uganda, where does the maize end up eventually? And then go buy. Figure out how to preserve it. And I used to grow maize, I stopped. I realized the farmers don't get anything. So I decided I would also join those who buy from the farmers for now.
1: <laughs>
0: because if you're going to grow, you need to be growing like 50 acres plus for maize to make sense. It's such a low value crop. But very easy to maintain. That's why everyone plants maize. No one wants to do the hard work of vegetables. But imagine... You bought your maize right now, maybe 300 shillings a kilo. Top it off with 100 shillings for maintenance and transport. 400, right? You think it's going to stay at 400 for a long time? Those who have been growing maize, what price does it go to usually in the scarce seasons? 700, 800, 1,000 sometimes. So, if you bought your maize at 400, Delivered to you. By the way, they can deliver it to Kampala at four hundred.
1: Kampala. You have a garage on, on your building, right? You have a store.
0: What's it doing? So if they can deliver it at four hundred. Even if the market didn't improve that much and you sold at seven hundred, you're making three hundred shillings off four hundred. That's seventy five percent return on investment, my friend. That means that if you had 400 million shillings lying around, or manage to convince one of these fellows who have 400 lying around, and you say I will give it back to you at five percent per month,
1: and you sell your maize at seventy-five percent, huh? How much
0: are you going to sell the maize at? Seven hundred. Okay. That's 700 million. Okay, let's say it costs you another 50 million to maintain for three months. You're still making 250 million. Are you doing the math? Math class, right? That's why math was compulsory up to senior
1: four. That's 250 million. How much do you owe the guy who gave you 400? 5% Uh-huh. 5% per month. What's 15% of 400? 60 million.
0: You get your 250 million, you pay the other guy his 60 million. How much
1: is left? 190 million in how many months? Three. And then people start saying, that isn't Azijawa. <laughs>
0: I've just given you a live lesson on how to raise your return on investment portfolio. So, but you must study. I've just done a little quick study here. But you can go and confirm it. Look, even if things became so bad and you made only 100 million shillings over three
1: months, how many people do you know who make 100 million every three months? (laughs) two, invest where you have passion if you have passion in the
0: area of investment you'll be able to go long term three, avoid get rich quick Um, schemes who here has read the book The Richest Man in Babylon hands up the rest of you, what are you reading I gave that assignment at the beginning I never gave it you're still reading Bambi Life is not
1: that slow, by the way, in case you noticed. You need to read, finish, apply. <laughs> okay, where were we? Where were we? Richest man in
0: Babylon, yeah. The five laws of gold, eh? Who knows that chapter? Yeah. Look, only the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is almost too good to be true news. So if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably not true. Keep your money, keep it. there is this? By the way, there is a lady who is trying to fleece people on the group of people who did the expo and the SFFD coaching. I hope that person is not here and they are using analysts because you will be caught. We shall catch you. And you will not call me pastor at that point. So there are all these get rich quick scenes. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This this is the latest thing. This is the latest thing. When you put this much, this is how much you get out. And you're like, okay, that's how much you get out. Show me the value addition. Where is the value addition that makes, you post, makes it possible for you to get that out when you put that in? If there is no process, keep your money. Diversify your investments. People keep arguing with me about this one because, again, they read Kiyosaki, who's, who argues for only one focused for investment. No, I still say diversify. Why do I say diversify? That's what the Bible teaches in Ecclesiastes. Cast your bread upon the waters. After many days, it says give a serving to many, not a few. What's the leading investment company in the world? Uh Uh-huh, shout it out. Some of you don't know. Jesus, where are you living? Berkshire Hathaway, led by Warren Buffett. It, they are the leaders as far as investments are concerned. Do you know why Berkshire Hathaway never loses money? They hedge their investments. You can look at all their investments. That's Wikipedia. Not now while I'm preaching. Right after. Look at the investments. The major investments where they, they hold minority holdings. They, they <laughs> Those guys can't lose the money. So, so for example, they're in uh, American Airlines, right? American Airlines on one side, they are invested in American Airlines. Where else are they invested? They're invested in Delta, Delta Airline. Those are like two major airlines that have almost like opposing policies. When one does this, the other does the opposite. So, if something happens to American. And then they're even in United, right? Yeah, those are the three major airlines. United, America, Delta. If something should happen to United and all the passengers are fleeing to Delta and, U- and American, what's happening to, to Berkshire Hathaway? Yeah, this stock falls, this stock rises. It's like if they were in Uganda, they would be invested in both MTN and Airtel. So you get annoyed with MTN, 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 and you go to Airtel. You're still in their docket. You get annoyed with their tell where are you going? MCN,
1: you're still within their docket. So their value can only keep increasing. Huh? Am I making sense?
0: That's what we mean. Have a variety of investments with different risk levels and different returns on investment. And then always, always, how, how often? Always get counsel. There's lots of good free advice actually. Get it. You can even pay for some of that. Never, never, never let your money leave you for an investment without counsel. Some of us have been through that and we have the wounds, financial wounds. Please (laughs) don't join us. You can make better decisions. And always start small and commit to growth. So, I'm going to skip. Oh, they, they made this thing good. Awesome. Thanks, Noah. So, this is just to show us what the possibilities are. Let's say and amount of time, but let's say you were earning 3 million shillings and you are saving only 20% and you are investing it at 15% return on investments, right? Now 15% is the kind where you're really not doing much. Yeah, 15% is the kind where you're not doing much. You're not a studious investor. You're one of those who don't like to study you, just somehow put your money there, and it keeps
1: growing at that rate. After 10 years, your net worth will be 146 million.
0: And your potential passive income that you could be getting from that net worth per month per month will be 1.8. Million? Does that make sense? So it's compounding because it keeps increasing uh, exponentially. The curve for for good investments, the curve
1: is not like this. That's the curve for savings. So, if that's the curve for savings, you may find
0: that the curve for value, the value of money, yeah?
1: Like how much you can buy with the same amount of money, yeah, on, year The curve might end up being a bit like that because of inflation. So, uh, you you know, 1,000 can
0: buy, what can you buy with 1,000 now? Minota. It used to buy a lot of stuff back then, right? What happened to the money? It lost value over time. So, your savings will be always outrun by, inf- by inflation. So, what do you do? If you become an investor,
1: then it's exponential. So It's a real curve. Does that make sense?
0: This is how you fight inflation. You save. If inflation is 10%, all your investments should be at greater than 10% return on investment. So that's how you outrun it. Or is it outgun it? So that's what would happen in 10 years. In 20 years, oh, in 20 years, you see what happens in year 20? Your investments, your net worth has just gone to 737 million if you're doing 15% return on investment. Now here is the alternative. Do you know the alternative? The alternative is to get to year 20 and you still have nothing. Why? You've been eating all your money. You've been paying other people. So 15%, it, can, it still gives you something that doesn't look so impressive. Let me give you a more impressive percentage value. This is when you're using 25% return on investment. Do you see what happens by year 10? Your net worth is at 239 million, and your potential passive income per month is 4.9, almost 5 million. This is for a person who is earning 3 million a month. In other words, by year 10. You earn more money from your investments than from your work. You've already moved. You are starting to move to the right-hand side of the cash flow quadrant. Now, the reason most people don't like to do this stuff, it's long-term. Do you want to know what happens in the next 10 years? See what happens in the next 10 years. You go from Lower hundreds of millions to billions.
1: And your potential passive income is fifty one million per month. Do you want to do you want to know what happens in the next
0: thirty years? Or the next ten years? I said it's long term.
1: Do you want to know or you don't want to know? First of all, I know many of you are struggling with the idea of 51 million shillings per month as your income. (laughs) Like, are those things even allowed? (laughs) It's just investments, right? Look at what happens in the next 10 years. When you're investing at 25%,
0: your money multiplies times 10 every 10 years.
1: Did you see where we started? One down. Yeah, I was wondering. So here you
0: are like at 240 million, yeah? Then you go to 2.4 billion. Then you go to almost 24 billion. That's the beauty of being an investor. Now, what do you need to be an investor? You don't need to quit your job. Now, some of you might be thinking these are too, too good to be true numbers. They are not. Trust me. I know a guy who has done it so many times over. Now, you saw Chris's testimony. They started with 15 million as a loan. After one year, they had grown the 15 million to 50 million. Uh Uh-uh, 50 million was their turnover for the year. Now they are doing almost a billion per year turnover. They have been in business for how long? Eight years. They've managed to turn 15 million shillings into turnover of a billion a year in eight years
1: without external injections of cash so at that stage
0: your passive potential passive income is hovering around the region of 480 million a month why do i call it potential Because you're probably not getting all that money out. Because the only way for it to grow is you keep leaving it there. So maybe you're only using a little bit of it. Maybe 50 million a month. And you're still reinvesting 420 million a month. It gets crazy. And some of you are thinking 30 years is a long time. But how long have you been working? When did you leave university? And for those of you who just left, someone will be asking you this question in in a few years. And you'll be sweating plasma if you don't start the practices. Now, other people can have the excuse of having not known. You cannot have that reason. Because now you know. Right? Right? I promise that through this series, I'm going to make you some money. And I believe I'm doing that. I don't know how many people have walked to me and said, man, ever since we started this series, I've become a money magnet. Yeah. There are people who are practicing these things and they are so happy. They're like, oh my goodness. Meanwhile, some people have even left church. I'm serious. There are people who are saying, we are not talking about Jesus anymore. Okay, Jesus loves you. Amen. And is
1: that one who told that story we just read. Amen. And for more of that, you buy the book. All right, are we good now? Any questions? No questions? Uh, no, I'm putting
0: too much pressure. Any questions? We'll wait for your question. Questions or comments? Some people here are experienced investors. They may have some information to add. My friend, this thing of investments. eh? All the best laid plans until you get into the field. (laughs) You have to get in. Put some money. Put down some money on some piece of land. Try and build some stuff on it. See what happens. Right? Don't just keep your money in the bank. Go and negotiate. Go tell them, you people are using my money to make money. I want a percentage. I want a cut. You will only keep my money at minimum 10% per annum. That's what you should do. If it's too little, join up with other people so that it's much. If you go to, to what bank? What's your bank? Some of you have some of these banks. Whew. You go there and you tell the manager, I have my 200,000, I need interest. They'll be like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you have your 200,000, you put it together with other people and you go and say, we have our certain million, we need interest. They will give it to you. They will give it to you. Don't let your money crash in the bank, right? Let me close with this illustration. If you had a billion shillings, right? You know, with a billion, you can get favorable rates. If you had a billion lying around and you don't want to sweat too much, you go to the bank and you ask for 12% minimum, right? Why 12%? How much are they lending it out at? They are lending it out at 24%. So your money, they are making 24% of your billion. They are making 240 million of it every year. And moreover, remember, they are not even making 24. Because as the person that they've lent the money keeps paying every month, they lend it out again. So that by the end of the year, they are making almost 100% of your money it's not evil for them. Of the hundred percent they are making off your money, ko twelve percent, right? Which is on the one hundred twenty million per annum, and you can sort of phase it out, and you say, ko ten million per month," and I also be around. Mbereoko. nange mbeo. That's how. Things work. So the idea is at some point in your life you are not going to be able to run at the same speed you run now. You will have more responsibilities and less energy. Because right now you have young kids to take care of. At some point you have older kids to take care of and then they are kids. (laughs) Called grandchildren. And everyone is looking at papa or mama, you know. So, at that stage, if you have built your assets, you have your 5 billion spewing out, even if only 15 or 20% per annum, that will be a paltry 1 billion year. So, they can pay you 50 to 80 million a month, and you have to take care of the children and the grandchildren. Because a good man leaves an inheritance for their children's children. It's not enough for only the children. It has to encompass the grandchildren. And then some people are like, hey, what would the grandchildren do? No, no, they will also compound on that and leave an even a bigger inheritance for their grandchildren. In other words, when you insist on these principles and you teach them first of all, you learn them and then you teach them to your children and they teach them to their children, you will have resolved the financial problem for generations in your family line, lineage. Amen. That's why we are teaching these principles. It's not even just for you. For some of us, it's too late. Let's be frank. Like you're going to practice the principles, you'll dig yourself out of the hole, but maybe that's all that's going to happen. You' will be comfortable. You probably are not going to become really wealthy. But when you learn the principles and practice them, you have opportunity to teach them to the next generations, and then it will be a much better situation for them, right? Peter, you are saying something.: I'm asking this question on behalf of many people here. At what point in time Yes, at what point? Should one move from employment to concentrate on their business? When your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses, you can quit your job. Before then, okay, some people will take the dive, okay? Some people will take the dive. The thing is, here's a mistake people make. They think that their first business is going to work Everyone keeps thinking, I've figured it out while I'm employed. My first business is going to take off. And then you go there and it becomes the school fees. What do you do next? You must have the fortitude to pick yourself up. Again, the other thing is to know that not everyone is going to start a business. Some people are going to support existing businesses. So let's not think that employment is, is of the devil. It's not. Because when you start a business, you're going to employ people. But if you're called to start your own businesses, you have to figure it out. The best, can I give you what I really think is the best solution? Get a coach or a mentor. Someone who has already been there. Let them show you. Because these generic answers will not apply to the the specific issues. This is the last one.
1: Thank you, Mosey. Um, while mose was talking
0: uh, i thought of a scripture which says god cannot be mocked you reap what you sow <laughs> <laughs> so no 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 i actually thought about it literally <laughs> and uh <the laughs> so what what i was thinking is uh, all these series that are going on uh you know you, you you could have voices mocking you you're too old for this you're too young for this this cannot happen and what so the question would in, in, in your mind is, what do you see? Like, God cannot be mocked. You're, you're, you're getting all sorts of mockery. So God cannot be mocked. You reap what you saw, What you see, So. Oh, yeah, you reap what you saw. <laughs> Amen. I hope there is hope. You're seeing how this is going to work. Yeah? So let's keep practicing however little. Yeah? And, and let's... Let's hand over to our children a much better economy than we started. So, thank you so much for coming out today. God bless you. Yeah, see you next Sunday as we talk about the power of group investments. Why don't we stand together and just pray and close this service? Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Summon series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That 393